When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have normalized hustle. We have normalized the pain and there are painful moments, but we're not meant to exist there and live there and inhabit that space. But we are meant to grow. We're meant to evolve. And so I think to ask yourself, is this an unnecessary pain or is this an opportunity to really grow and to stretch? That's really good. That's really, really good. Welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, recovering perfectionist and author of the best-selling book and mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. This show explores how we can live the most free, wild, joyful, and flexible life possible. I interview world thought leaders across the fields of soul, science, psychology, medicine, and anything else that enriches the human experience to shift perspectives, create the life you want, and provide a much-needed pause from the busy world around us. If you listen to the show, please rate and comment as that truly helps, but let's get started. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen me post one of my favorite milks, Hemp and Oat Milk by Good Hemp. It is not only delicious, but I am obsessed in all honesty. It's not only delicious, but the health benefits of hemp are phenomenal and growing hemp is safe for the planet too. Currently, over a quarter of greenhouse emissions come from food, which is extremely worrying for obvious reasons. Good Hemp are on a mission to reverse this though, because they believe all food and drink should be fully sustainable. They like to say, sow and grow more hemp for the planet, eat and drink more hemp for you, because they believe you shouldn't have to compromise on either taste or health. Down at Good Hemp's farm in Devon, they make a whole load of different products from hemp, including plant-based hemp milks, as I just mentioned, protein powders, oils, and CBD, which you can order straight from their website to your door. So do check out this incredible company that is supporting the planet and our health. Head to goodhemp.com. And as mentioned, their oat and hemp milk is extremely good, along with many other products. 
This week, my guest is someone who is totally extraordinary. I remember so clearly the first minute I met her and her energy just fills an entire space with such positivity and empowerment. And I could probably think of loads more words, but for now, I'm going to go straight into this introduction. It's Ty Beauchamp. She is a motivational speaker, media personality, meditation leader. She's a writer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and soon to be author. And I can't wait for you guys to meet her as we dive into her wisdom. In the past year, she set up Morning Mindset with Ty and has thousands tuning in several times a week to upgrade their mind in the mornings. And it is really refreshing. It's on her Instagram. And obviously, I'll put all the links in the show notes to her. But without any further ado, welcome, Ty. Oh, my gosh, Poppy. Can I just say it's really great to actually see your face and I'm excited to be joining you today. So thank you. What is a favorite quote you like to return to often and why? I think one, that's a great one. There are so many quotes, but um, I think the one that I return to most is one uh, that we we've heard from Shakespeare Um, (laughs) in my not so (laughs) UK British accent, but um, is to thine own self be true. And um, what's interesting about that quote for me is it's a reminder of me being who I am, but it's also a reminder for me to being called to my greater and my highest self. And because I am a believer and a person of immense faith and connection to creator and divine, um, I think it's one thing to show up as yourself, but when you show up as your fullest and most authentic and most dynamic self, I believe that is a straight line to God and to creator. Just to kind of expand on that. I think sometimes it's really easy to, the desire is there to want to be in more in alignment, to be closer to kind of energy source as such. And sometimes the world feels so kind of muddy. It feels unclear. In those moments, how do you kind of know which direction you need to go in to show up more as your kind of brighter self? What I say to people um, and what I know to be true for myself, but I believe that it resonates with every one of us, our center, our heart, our gut, that which speaks to us in ways uh, that sometimes we choose to ignore, we feel and we're uncertain about it. Those to me are those moments that source energy, creator, God is speaking I mean, I think as human beings and obviously being created in a, in a divine image, um, it's within us from the beginning, from the inception. And I speak very openly and transparently about my recognition of that as a very young child, but obviously not having the mechanical tools or tactics or wisdom to understand what it meant until much later. And so I challenge us all to think about those moments when you are being nudged and pulled at the same time. So a nudge is hitting you in one direction and the pull is pulling you in this direction. And that is usually for me, the belief of the divine connection that is within us. Um, The other thing I will say to add to that is I think during this time when we were talking about the pandemic and um, this season of isolation and seclusion, and it's been a dynamic uh, and, and it's been hard. So I want to honor the fact that I know a lot of people have suffered and struggled during this time and we have to have compassion and empathy and, and love and grace for that. Simultaneously, it's been a, a time of divine reckoning yeah. and a level of elevated consciousness that we have been called to because everyone in the earth 
has experienced this pandemic in some way during this time. And I think those moments of the opportunity to have elevated consciousness when we are still, when we are not doing much and trying to figure out how to connect, I think it comes to us. So, so often we're searching for it, but I find that for me, it's been in the times of forced stillness in some ways, or even depression or a season of lack when I've been forced to be in a space of stillness that you develop this enlightenment. And that enlightenment, in my belief, is a connection to understanding of why we are here. Why are we here? What is the purpose in my being here? And how can I tap into that? I want to come back to that because I think it's a really important point of sitting there in uncomfortability can actually be quite helpful. But before we come back to that, to finish my last two questions, what is a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Well, a life lesson that I was reminded about, we talked about morning mindset, which is one of the spaces that I created. And I have a business, Thai Life Media, and I also have a company, Brown Girl Jane. And my business partner and I have been having very difficult conversations. And when I don't show up as my most divine self, authentic, but perhaps not divine self. And by divine, I mean, elevated and Mm -hmm. connected and spirited and compassionate and what have you be willing to apologize. And so that's a life lesson that I'm constantly reminded of because even in our wisdom and desire to be great and have elevated consciousness to produce, to contribute in meaningful ways, I'm still flawed. And so a life lesson that I will always carry with me is to be able to express that I'm wrong and be willing to learn from those mistakes. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It's that it's a really powerful point. Mm-hmm. And I also just love that nuanced point you made uh, about showing up authentically. You're very much, you know, expressing real emotions, but maybe it's not kind of your highest self. And it really, I guess, sums up like the not perfect podcast is, <laughs> you know, of course you'd love to be harmonious and wonderful and kind of like endlessly compassionate all the time, but sometimes our humanity does get, get the better of us at times. A thousand percent. And I'll just go a step further because I have this saying that I say on morning mindset very often because I'm I'm a Capricorn number one. I'm a black American woman who was raised uh, in New Jersey. And so I have a lot of nuances, went to an all girls high school. But leaning on this Capricorn piece, I'm a very strong, authoritative, you know, type person, even though I obviously try and invite people in and, and very communal. Um, but I'm not the most emotional person. I'm connected to emotion, but I don't necessarily lead with emotion. I'm highly analytical and logical. And so I say that emotions are necessary, but they're not intelligent. Mm. Emotions still need to be guided and they need to be acknowledged, held, driven, supported, and they need to be deduced. You have to inform your emotions. So it's important that you feel, but you also have to self-inquire what, where these emotions come from and what do you do with them? So I always say emotions are alone are not intelligent. They have to be informed people. I love that emotions are not intelligent. I I do feel that culturally in a way we've swung totally the other way and almost given too much importance to the emotion. And sometimes they're just not that useful to have around as much as you have to process them. I think that they're useful in the sense of helping you to recognize a feeling 
um, the opportunity for a thought. And they're also useful in helping you to direct action and to take behaviors. And, you know, they're necessary, but they're alone on their own. They could really kind of, you know, create an atmosphere of chaos. And so I think part of the, the challenge is, you know, there was a season when we were talking about emotional intelligence. I think we need to bring back conversations about the utility of emotions, but without the intelligence part of it, we can be stuck, we can be mired. And that is not necessarily helpful to, I think, uh, human evolution, individual growth and self-actualization um, and further development, as well as being purpose aligned. God, I can't wait for your book. It's going to be so good. Thank you. How do you define happiness? I've been having conversations with a dear friend of mine about happiness so um, so often. And it was interesting because he awakened to me that happiness is a state. Whereas I thought joy was a state. Joy is a feeling. Happiness is a state. Happiness to me is both a choice and an existence. Mm. Happiness is a choice that you make despite the circumstances that flow around you. Happiness is something that is meant to be shared. It is not a self-aggrandizing or self-centered experience because if it is in fact an existence and a state, it means that the more communal it becomes, the more present and higher present it is. And happiness has to exist regardless of things, people, and places. It just has to be a choice to be. And we're all deserving of happiness. Let me add that. I believe happiness is also a birthright. So as I said, you've had thousands tuning in to you and you just feel so soul, mind, and body enriched after a session with Ty. I just want to ask why is the morning routine so important and why did you decide to focus on that to bring your genius to the world? Yeah. So first and foremost, I was gifted a book uh, written by an incredible thought leader in the spiritual world um, by the name of Ayala Vinzant and it's called Until Today. And I was gifted the book in 2012. Now, Ayala Vinzant is a guru, and here in America, and globally especially, but um, she, for Black women, has been this pillar of self-inquiry and self-awareness and personal and purpose development. Now, let me just say as a disclaimer, I actually had the privilege of working in proximity to her when I did my work. I was an editor at Oprah Magazine many years ago, and so I knew Ayala, but I was not necessarily like in that zone. I mean, I was 22. So I was like, self-awareness, where's the party? I mean, like, I just want to drink and dance. And so I was gifted this book and literally it's become a part of my everyday kind of ritual to wake up and read. As a person of faith, I read doctrines, I read other essays. There's a book by Brianna West, uh, 101 Essays to Make You Think. I read that. I pray, I meditate. And I was going through this very challenging season first, probably about three and a half years ago, four years ago, um, as I was relocating to LA, I had become very unhealthy physically. I was unhealthy in a, my, my mental realness. I don't like to say illness, but my mental realness was at the forefront. And I started to just read and I would come on IG live because at this point I have a, you know, a little bit of a following and I would just share. And I did it kind of like sporadically, like maybe once every three months. And so something spoke to me that said, share your morning routine and experience with people because 
people are going through a time of isolation during COVID. People feel alone. People don't feel seen. And so I started to share, I would get up and just read it on IG live. And then I thought to myself, I don't like reading to myself and talking to myself, even though I'm really good at it. (laughs) I was like, let me just invite tribe in. And soon enough, it went from 30 people or 10 people in the live to 30 people in the live to 60 people in the live to 150 people in the live to 300 people in the live. And I would just invite anyone in to read, to purchase the book and read with me. And it created this powerful discourse of what we just talked about, this elevated consciousness and this idea that everyone no matter where they're from, no matter their circumstances, whether or not they have $3 in the bank or $3 million in the bank, or whether or not they are running their own business or a corporate middle manager, wants to identify how they self-actualize to become more of who they're called to be. And it just started to take off. And then I thought to myself, this is feeding me as much as it's feeding other people. Um, And so I just decided to stick with it. And so six days a week, I go live on IG. We're planning right now a, a retreat in Bali for New Year's. And it's interesting because I think it just humanizes not only our condition, but our experiences and our dreams and the desires that everyone wants to make manifest in their life. What do you think the tools are to create a great morning? Are there certain things you do or what are the thoughts that you really consciously bring into your mind in the morning? First and foremost, I, I, I tell anyone, if you are jumping up into your day, whether it's because the alarm clock went off late or, you know, a child is <laughs> you know screaming or clamoring and I get that life actually happens. When you do that, you are not preparing your heart, your spirit, and your mind to expect, desire, and then design great things, you know? And I believe that the way you start, the way you begin is half the win. Mm. When you start with a clear mind of expectation, a desire, and then you're moving toward designing it, there are vibrations that happen, you know, consciousness Um, and vibrations that happen in the mind, the mind, when you tell your heart and you share that word and you speak out loud, it really helps it to actualize. Um, And so I say, whatever your practice is, for me, it is first prayer and foremost. I thank the creator and the divine for giving me life and breath again. Um, Life is precious. I'm grateful. So there's gratitude. Um, And then I ask, God to direct and order my steps so I can be used fully this day. um, So that way I can really show up. And then um, I get a clear image of how I want to feel and how I want to make other people feel at the end of the day or by the end of the day. And then I do morning mindset. I'm reading. I probably will have read some other devotional or scripture. And then I look at my to-do list, which running two businesses, it's a lot, but I have to first center myself So that way I can come in and help drive other things. Really powerful. I love those three words, expect, design, desire, because it makes so much sense. I think there's so much conversation around manifesting and sometimes it can feel almost a bit of a a word that has no meaning, but so much meaning. And I just love how practical you just broke it down there. You've got to be in the right headspace to get what you want. 
You have to be in the right headspace, but then you also have to be clear about the actions that you're going to take toward it as well. Um, I think the idea of manifesting is super powerful, but it doesn't happen just because you envision it. One of my favorite books is um, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. That book tells us a lot about the importance of visualizing and seeing something, but it also reminds us the importance of walking toward it, taking action toward it. So this idea of manifestation is not something that just happens. We have to really take action in order to help something be made manifest. So you are a natural leader. And I think that was one of the first things I observed about you because we met in this amazing group situation that immediately your energy was like, wow. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you think makes a leader? Because I'm sure you probably don't even realize that you are a leader or maybe you do, or maybe, you know, you've been like that since you were so little, but in the people that you admire and lead you, what are the qualities you, I guess, are inspired by? Hmm. I think I am most inspired by leaders who really are, who rest and are, are nestled in truth mm. and less about authority. I think we have such a convoluted thought about what leadership looks like. And I think, you know, coming from societies where there are institutions of quote unquote leadership, whether or not that's government or what have you, we think that it's about authoritative kind of like voice or presence I think leadership is being able to understand uh, humanity and also what drives and motivates people and then being able to help those people tap into it and also then serving as an example to others of that. When I think about people that I admire at leaders, you also have to be unafraid. Mm-hmm. You have to be committed to you know, really standing in your own truth, even when it's unpopular, because you have a certain level of conviction about it. Um, But you can't forget that other people have to be on that journey in order for you truly to be a leader. Um, The thing that fascinates me about leadership in 2021 is that we live in this social media world where it's all about collecting followers. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's so intentional about collecting followers, but very few people want to lead. And it it is such an interesting dynamic. And that's why for me, when I think about leadership, it's about a truth. It's about what inspires, but also drives other people. But it's also about having this clarity and this resolve with compassion in who you're meant to be and who you're called to be and uh, standing in that. What I observe is there almost is so much pressure to kind of understand your truth when actually, and I'm not sure what your journey has been like, but I'm sure you've gone through many truths. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. I think that that's the other thing about leadership, that it's evolving. Um, And I think we have formed beliefs or behaviors about truths that perhaps we understood or accepted as the final truth when we were children. And then we never return to them or revisit them or reimagine them um, in order to move forward. Truth is for you. It's a part of your DNA and who you are and what you're called to, but it does evolve. You know, my truth today, and, and just to make it super tangible is I'm an entrepreneur with quote unquote, two businesses or multiple businesses and, you know, not unmarried and no children yet, but my truth will change. And I think that's the other thing about sometimes with this 
place of being so authentic is that we don't give ourselves space and license to evolve mm-hmm. and for our truths to really help grow us. But yeah, truth is absolute and evolving at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it does. I think it's like very like freeing and liberating just to recognize how we're all just, you know, constantly evolving and that's okay. And to take the pressure off, like having to know everything about you and about everything and all your beliefs, you know, because inevitably I'm sure you've become more firm in what you believe as well as you've kind of like questioned it. Yeah. And that, and also like, I I think the a key piece about truth is that so many of us are seeking truth outside ourselves and through other people and that can help inform it. But I I think the truth is still left for us to connect with and understand for ourselves. There are truths that exist in relationship to other people, but we can't define our truth based upon what other people or external factors um, that are going to be fleeting anyway. So if we're going to, if we're going to be on this ever evolving path, I'd rather evolve with me (laughs) Knowing that that's a constant in the sense that because I know what I'm, you know, looking to perpetuate and to grow and evolve and how I want to move versus, you know, allowing my truth to to be, you know, connected to something else that I have absolutely zero authority or understanding or impact on. And also, I let me just say this, because I I think also living in this world of titles, I really, really encourage people to remove titles, positions, Mm. or jobs from how they define their truth. Mm. Because again, those things are fleeting. And when that is extracted or it changes, then you're left to reimagine based upon an outside force who you're called to be and who you are. I think that's a really powerful point. I definitely have had the toxic consequence of over identifying with a truth that was given to me, like, you know, founder or something. And then suddenly a company goes tits up and you're like, Oh, Oh, exactly. You're like, shit, (laughs) am I not right? No, absolutely. You know, that's interesting, Poppy. It's one of those things why even on morning mindset, when I bring people in, I ask them, who are you? And I challenge people to tell me who you are. Um, and so when people say I'm a mother and I'm this, and I'm like, oh, that's great. But tell me, who are you? Just give me some adjectives to describe uh, the way that you define who you are in the world and who you are to yourself and who you believe you're called to be. And, you know, it's almost antithetical in this world because we have until now, I think, you know, the pandemic is helping to level set that where people with this higher level of consciousness are really thinking differently, especially because people have lost jobs and titles and mm. affiliations. And so we've been forced to challenge our own accepted norms and assignments or things that have been assigned to us as truth. Yeah, so powerful. So you're an entrepreneur, you have two companies. What do you wish you knew before starting your businesses? Um, It's not nearly as glamorous as most people think. I'm really, really grateful, though, to be on a journey where I feel like I am helping to really um, impact the world for people. One thing I didn't know is that everyone thinks that entrepreneurship is about you becoming your own boss, especially younger people seem to think that. And I'm like, actually, conversely, you have a ton of bosses. So every person who purchases Brown Girl Jane is a boss of mine. 
every, you know, tribe member of morning mindset is a boss of mine. I have to listen and, and, and take that into account. Every client of Thai Life Media and every partner becomes someone I have to answer to. And then I think as an entrepreneur, just to speak plainly, because the rise and the growth of women entrepreneurs and especially black women entrepreneurs here in the, in, in the U.S. is outpacing our counterparts. And what I will say is that I thought because I was building enterprise and it was my business that I was not always a, a great financial steward over my personal finances um, and the business finances, because to me, it was like, oh, I'm just investing in the business. Um, and I think it's really important that we know um, how to honor ourselves, um, invest in ourselves, save, make personal investments, even as an entrepreneur while you're building your business. Um, and then thirdly, I would say, if anyone is interested in entrepreneurship, I am the person who will tell you downright, like it's bullshit and bullocks, as you would say, uh, <laughs> to think that you're meant to struggle to be an entrepreneur. I think this hustle mentality is one that we have created to the detriment of our mental health and also to uh, what I believe, again, is a birthright for us all to thrive. It's not meant to be that hard. So if you are going to pursue entrepreneurship, pursue so thoughtfully. And if you have a full-time opportunity, leverage that time to work double time. Don't make it a side hustle because even that language side hustle puts it in a perspective that is not something that you're looking to make it your forefront hustle. Those would be the three kind of top line lessons I've learned about entrepreneurship. I, I really hear you in the language we use, like even just the word hustle. And I just notice you change it. You're like side hustle. Nope. Exactly. It's those like micro changes in the way that we perceive them has a ginormous effect on how they affect us. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. What is entrepreneurship? Um, what did you wish you knew about entrepreneurship before you took this route? I re to really double down on your point, which is it shouldn't be terrible don't get me wrong, hard work sometimes isn't the nicest thing in the world, but I think it's the difference between growing and pain and like being able to decipher mm. the difference. But I would say that I had a, like some really bad experiences and I kind of thought that was more normal than it should be. And mm. had I, to be honest, had a podcast episode like this and to hear what you just said, it would have been really helpful and just giving me that step back to analyze the situations we're in and we're like, okay, is this good growth? Maybe it's a bit of pressure, you know, maybe it feels not entirely comfortable the time and I feel like I'm learning and I'm on a steep learning curve or is this actually really detrimental and for my mental and physical health? And what I would say is sometimes it can last the consequences of like negative work environments sometimes it takes a really long time to recover. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I mean? So the sacrifice isn't just, you know, for that moment in time, the sacrifice mm -hmm. can be a lot longer. So I, I think your advice is absolutely golden. I think that point of knowing what is painful versus what is growing you um, and growth is really, really important because, you know, we, we have normalized hustle we have normalized the pain and there are painful moments but we're not meant to exist there and live there and inhabit that space but we are meant to grow we're meant to evolve and so i think to ask yourself is this an unnecessary pain or is this an opportunity to really grow and to stretch that's really good that's really really good 
So I feel that you have met so many people, you've traveled to so many different places, like your, your worldwide experience has huge depth. And if you could re-meet your 21-year-old self, what would you like to tell them? I think the biggest lesson for me and what I say to a lot of young women because of the way that I grew up. And so this is totally informed by the way that I was raised. I was raised by a single mom and a single grandmother with support of my paternal grandparents. And my mother and my grandmother were both, are both, my mom is still with me, thank God, but highly educated women who worked super hard and who were single. But I didn't grow up knowing that healthy relationship should be a part of you know, my thinking. Um, and I also think that this is the case many, and not just for black women who grew up in similar circumstances to I, but I think it's a, it's a level of consciousness because we live in this dynamic environment and ecosystem right now that is so celebratory of, you know, girl power and us doing it on our own and what have you. Um, I think at my 21 year old self, I would have probably challenged myself not to pressure myself to do any one thing, but to think about my life in totality. So think about my personal life, think about my professional life, think about my spiritual life um, and be as well-rounded in how I approach each of those rather than leaning only into one. Um, I leaned heavily into my professional life, which is why, you know, I performed so well and had all of the accolades and all of the promotions and what have you and experiences. And that's been beautiful and I'm super grateful, but now I'm learning to develop muscles that I never had flexed before because I didn't even have the consciousness to know that I should be building them. And so I feel like young people now are just super thoughtful about their mental health and wellness, which is great, but think about your physical health. So are you eating like crap? Mm -hmm. You know, think about like your spiritual self or how are you depositing into yourself? Cause being men mentally well, doesn't mean just taking the day off. Mm -hmm. What are those other things? Do you want partnership? Do you want in life? Do you want, you know, a professional career and don't be overwhelmed by it, but just allow your mind to have this more expansive thought about what is available to you, what you can access, and also how you might desire to move later. I totally agree. The conversation around mental health is brilliant, but it's become now almost so focused that we've forgotten that actually there's so many other factors that contribute to mental health. Like, as you were saying, like partnership, this kind of balance of energy of like where you have different aspects of life you're putting it into. It's interesting how cultural conversations become I guess, like overly focused and, you know, yeah. we kind of need people to be like, hold up, step back. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think it's hard to do it because most of these cultural conversations are in response to a low point or, you know, us reading, reaching our nadir, right. In many ways where it's like, you know, we get to this point, it's like, okay, well, we got to pull ourselves out. And so then it requires almost this radical kind of like extreme fundamental kind of like approach. And you know, that works when we're, when you're trying to remedy something. And I get that. But when you're speaking to your 21 year old self, for many 
young people at that age, it's, the canvas is still quite bare and you still have an opportunity to paint it. Um, and so as you paint it, you know, that's the opportunity to think about, do I just want to use black and white or black and white and gray, or do I want to use the colors of the rainbow? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I would think about it. Like if this canvas is bare and it's nothing wrong with, you know, I have abstract art and only black and white pieces, but sometimes I want to look up and see color. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't know that then, but if you know that it's accessible to you there, then maybe you'll just plant that seed and allow that to be on your palette. Ah, so great. So to finish, would you mind finishing the end of my sentence? My favorite book is... Oh, my favorite book is by far um, The Alchemist. My favorite thing to do before bed is... Uh, My favorite thing to do before bed by 9.30 p.m. PST is to pray. When I'm in doubt, I... When I am in doubt, I get quiet. I celebrate myself by... By living fully every single day. My inspiration is... The future generation and my godchildren and, uh, yeah, my calling. And if you really knew me, you would know... You would know that I'm actually an introvert. That's so interesting. Um, People are very surprised, but because I I think I have such a bold personality, but I actually, I can sit at home and with a book for, for days, not leave, not talk to anyone. (laughs) Be very happy. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for uh, being here. How can people find you? Um, Obviously I'll put your everything in the show notes, but would love to have a shout out from you. Thank you so much. Everyone can follow me on Instagram at Taibo, T-A-I-B-E-A-U and at Morning Mindset with Ty on Instagram and at It's Brown Girl Jane on Instagram. And then my personal website is Tybochamp.com and uh, it's browngirljane.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge support if you wouldn't mind rating, subscribing and sharing this podcast. I also would love to hear from you. So please find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram, DM me and I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we discuss. Download Happy Not Perfect, my app that's designed to boost your mood and help you sleep and give you mindfulness in less than five minutes. It's packed full of science-backed tools and rituals to give your mind the care it needs. Sending lots of love and energy. See you next time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.